Hey, this is Henry, aka Cairo. Just here to remind you, before listening to this week's episode, grab a nice hot drink and make sure you check out those care warnings in the episode description. Have a safe listen. Until next time. Hey guys, it's Alec, here to tell you to stick around till the end of the episode because we have a very special trailer from our friends over at Among the Stags. So you won't want to miss out on that. At the end of the episode, I'll come back into your ears and I'll take you to an infinite library in outer space filled with horrors, mystery, and tales to be told. There is so much waiting for you. Can't wait to show you guys just a little snippet of what is waiting. Well, let's get started. Mythail presents Circe's. Episode 2. Speak Up. Oh, I'm so glad to finally catch you. Elias, right? That's me, but who exactly are you? <laughs> Silly me. That was direct, wasn't it? I'm Kyra Timor, the new manager. Ah, so you're the new guy. I would assume that's me, yeah. I've been trying to get a chance to talk to you for a while now. Seems we'll be working together on Matthew's little digitizing project. I'll be just fine doing this on my own. All due respect, I really don't need your help. Have I done something wrong? I really just prefer working alone. I don't need some happy-go-lucky fella to mess up my progress. (laughs) I'm afraid we don't have a say in this. I have orders from the higher power. Besides, I doubt you realize just how many written sessions we have accumulated over the years. I think I saw more than six boxes waiting for us in my office. There's a lot of patience in here, and only more to come. (laughs) You've got to be kidding me. Alright, whatever you say. Can I go back to work now? I have one last thing before you run off. Yeah, what? Where are you planning to record the sessions? I've just been recording them in here. The walls are soundproof due to the patient's privacy. I don't think there's a better place to do it. I just had some mics brought in. I see. You got this all under control then. I'll leave you to it and I'll try to get a few recordings done myself when I find the time. Whatever you say, just close the door behind you. Alrighty. Cheerio. What a prick. Can't believe he got the job over me. Like, okay, I get it. I'm just in training, but I've been here four years. (laughs) Who in the right mind says cheerio unironically? This session was left in my office. 
The case file is 4168852-19. It was written down on the 17th of October, 2019, by Percy Flintstone. This session is recorded on the 24th of August, 2022, by Elias Emanuel Short, therapist in training at Sunshine Valley Mental Institution. I have always struggled with the ability to stand up for myself. People would step all over me, and somehow, I never did anything to stop them. I'm not a tall or particularly significant person. I seem to just blend into the masses around me. I thought I had an okay time of it in my younger years, when I didn't care much if people minded my presence. As long as they gave me a task and left me well alone with it, I wasn't one to complain. The problem first started when I got hired at a hotshot firm. I won't specify which one because I really doubt it matters. Just know that my role was not exactly viewed as anything important to the higher-ups. If I messed up, they would just call in the next one in line to replace me. They didn't particularly dabble in second chances. I tended to just stay out of their way because I really needed this job to be able to keep my apartment. The thing about being insignificant is that you forget yourself. You forget you are always within your right to speak up for yourself and end the injustice that is being forced upon you by others. Yet I'm not sure why I never chose to do that when I had the chance. Hindsight is not a gift for people like me. It serves only as a reminder that the future I'm living is all my own faults and bad choices coming together to keep me accountable. I can't recall if I've always felt this way, but I have been a pushover even when I was a kid. Every adult I have made contact with has taken advantage of that, treating me like dirt under their shoes. Maybe it was only a matter of time before I finally snapped. I ended up confronting a man who couldn't care less if I lived or not, Someone who wouldn't hesitate to hurl verbal abuse at me when I was forced to cross paths with him. He was a foul man. In a way, I'm happy that I managed to escape that rotten place. If it had been under any other circumstances, maybe that joy could have actually changed my life, but that's not the case. Despite my quiet and sorrowful attitude, I managed to acquire a friend, Mike Lester. I believe our first encounter was him asking whether something was up or not. Apparently, when I sewn out, I seemed way more upset than normally. He must have assumed something bad had happened in my life and had been kind enough to ask what was the matter. I did, of course, assure him that I was doing rather fine and had just been in my own head. We fell into a conversation and have ever since spent lunch together. It must have been at lunch he slowly started to try and change the less-than-ideal attitude I had lived with my entire life. He had overheard one of the higher-ups verbally abusing me, as per usual, and was shocked to hear that I hadn't done anything to keep my own dignity intact. He was furious on my behalf, ranting on about how that wasn't a way to let someone speak to me, no matter what power they had over me. I just nodded along, finding Mike a tad intimidating when he got upset. But he did slowly get through to me. I had never known anyone who had my back the same way Mike did. He didn't treat me like a child. He taught me what isn't acceptable for others to say to me, no matter their status. He also never got mad when I failed to stand up for myself. He would just sigh and assure me that what had happened wasn't okay in the slightest. When I think back on Mike, I'm not sure exactly what I felt about him, whether it was a strong sense of caring for a friend who had shown me compassion like no other, or love that had overtaken me when I looked into his warm, chocolate button eyes. I'm still not sure but I hope he will come visit me one day so I can find out. His coaching never failed to affect my life. 
I called him almost in tears when I had first managed to stand up to a woman that had cut me in line at the grocery store. He praised me without hesitation, showering me with the affirmation I had lacked previously in my life. It only encouraged me to continue growing as a person, and learned that I wasn't anyone's doormat, no matter how highly they thought of themselves. It took me longer to learn how to stand up to people at work. The newly pressed suits had always made my mouth clam up like an oyster. I guess the fire had ignited inside me at full force on that cold September morning. I felt huffy and unamused by the sheer concept of having to hoist my ass to work in the first place, which didn't subside when I entered the brightly lit office building. I just wanted to get this day over with. The sooner I could fall over on my bed, the better. But of course the world had other plans for me that day, because guess who had been waiting for me at my cubicle? None other than my manager, Gustav. He didn't even hesitate to start yelling at me the second I was within his eyesight, not caring that the whole office suddenly had their eyes on us. I don't remember what had gotten him ticked off that day, but I know that he chose the wrong person to blame for his own follies. I threw my backpack down against the cubicle wall and faced the now flabbergasted Gustav, who had made the mistake of shutting up for more than one second. I was on him. It was his turn to feel what I had felt my entire life. I wanted to destroy everything that was him, till he was but a shadow of the man that had stood before me previously. Listen here, you little shit! shit. I managed to scream. I didn't know if his face was one of shock or anger, possibly a mix of both, since I'm sure only his higher-ups had ever dared to speak to him in such a manner. I didn't know what had washed over me, but I felt powerful. I took in another deep breath, ready to spill my gut over him like acidic vomit, but came to a halt. My hands clutched my throat as I tried to scream, inhaling sharply to gather everything I had. I simply couldn't give up now. His anger must have turned into worry when I bent over with my mouth wide open in a mimic of a scream. I was pulling on my hair, wanting nothing but to take this hopeless anger out on him. I had my chance. Why couldn't I speak? Maybe it was all in my head, like some messed up state of mind that had paralyzed my vocal cords. I wasn't sure exactly how to explain it. Gustav pushed the others out of his way to give me privacy and pulled me into my cubicle. He whisper yelled at me about the deadline, seemingly too ashamed of the encounter to yell at me more than seemed necessary. I felt discouraged as I went to lunch that day, defeated by my own body. Mike sat in our usual spot, chatting with a person I had never seen before. I nodded at him when I sat down. I wanted to say something, but my voice caught in my throat when I tried to speak. Mike asked me what had happened, but for some reason, I couldn't give him the answer he needed. I couldn't help but notice the way his eyes became distant when he looked at me, almost as if I wasn't really there. My life turned around from that day forward. Mike stopped talking to me completely a few weeks later. I watched his eyes pass me by. I wasn't real to him in the same way he was real to me. I started to long for him to touch me, speak to me, anything at all. I could wave at him and he wouldn't notice. I could tell he wasn't ignoring me. He just didn't see me. Everyone around me seemed to move on with their lives, unaware that I was suffering on the outside looking in, watching their eyes leave me like a spot on the wall. I knew something had gone terribly wrong when the higher-ups forgot about my existence completely. I didn't get any new memos, and no one came to my desk to yell at me. I could hear them ponder who had worked in the cubicle before, 
or if someone was still in there and it just hadn't crossed their minds. I thought I had died and this was the place I had been bound to haunt for all eternity. It led me to get more careless with my actions, daring me to sneak into places I had never been before, discovering what was really hidden in the shadows. I can't advise that. It was when one of my co-workers, Lissy, bubbed into me that I had realized that I hadn't passed away. People had simply forgotten me. Her eyes were hazy when she spoke to me. I knew she was trying to focus. Her words were uncertain, filled with the worry that she had started seeing things that weren't there. She asked me who I was and how long I'd been working here. I felt disheartened by her words. I wish I could have given her the certainty that she had not gone mad, but my voice had left me long ago. I took my leave once her eyes turned almost milky and I knew that she wouldn't notice me. I haven't been back ever since. Despite what you might think, I didn't get into Sunshine Valley by myself. I was let here by a woman whose eyes were covered with a white bandage. She never spoke, only grabbed my hands and dragged me towards this place, letting me into this room before she locked the door behind her. The last thing I saw was a grin upon her face and her blood-red eyes on me. I could have sworn that there was more than two. No one has come to visit me, and the staff has never spoken to me. I can't see myself in the mirror anymore. I wonder who I was, and I wonder what my face looked like when I was still me. But, alas, I am no one. I am just a being without a shape, without a form, and without a voice. It's too late to speak up now. As mentioned, this session was found in my office. We have no idea how it ended up here. I had started working in this section back in 2019 as a fresh-faced trainee. So I do wonder why I have never seen any other sessions from this patient. I would guess he suffered from schizophrenia or possibly a personality disorder with a tendency to experience imposter syndrome. This syndrome often occurs in people who suffer from a personality disorder, such as BPD or are on the spectrum of ADHD or autism, but really anyone can suffer from this syndrome. His lack of self-worth points towards it most likely being the latter we have at hand. There is one thing that really bogs me, though. I know this might be quite irrelevant. However, I remember every patient that has been in the unit I work in since my early trainee days. But the thing is... I have no clue who this man is. I have never seen him before, or the woman he insists on having been led here by. Sir Cesus licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Today's episode featured Alexander Bautner as Elias Emmanuel Short and Henry Johannesson as Cairo Miris Timor. It was audio edited by Els Sari and Henry Johannesson. Manuscript edited by Talia Hoyland and Rita Bauna. And it was written by Alexander F. Bauna. Oh, it's you again. Amazing. I did promise you you didn't want to miss out, right? Um, let's get you strapped into your spacesuit and get right out there. Let's not wait any further. Come on, friend. Answers? Is that what you want? I know you have questions, and I wish I could answer them. There are things that prevent me from granting you what you seek. Ancient orders. 
beings with far more power than I have now. There was a time when such considerations would have been beneath me. That age is long past. Now I must resort to speaking through fragile little creatures, specks of stardust and cosmic iron, puppeting them to be heard. Time grows short, and I feel my grip on this vessel growing weaker by the second. I must get this message out. Listen to the stories. There is truth hidden within the stories, should you have ear to listen. There will be more to come. Until then, seek the library. Among the Stacks is an upcoming narrative anthology podcast set in an infinite library outside of space and time, containing every instance of every story across every world. Featuring stories written by and starring some of your favorite podcasters, authors, and actors. The title of today's teaser, Things Are Getting Ready to Happen Out of Sight, comes from the poem This Moment by Ivan Boland. It starred Nigel McKeown as Redacted. It was edited by Pippin Era Major, with music by Alex Schwartz. You can find more information about the show in this feed or on our Twitter at AmongStacks where future updates will be posted. Until then, stay tuned, stay listening, and sapere aude.